1: You are listening to The Radiator here at Big Heavy World, and now begins Rocket Shop Radio Hour. I'm your host, Abby BK, and with us today we have David Carl Roberts. How are you doing?
0: Good, Abby. Thank you for having me.
1: Yes, of course. And we always like to start off our shows with a song, so go ahead. What have you got for us?
0: All right. I'm going to start you off with something um, called Too Hot to Even Move, because there's a lot of heat going on right now.
2: Hard to even move makes it kinda hard to find my groove, but happen don't you know? Starts with the tapping of those toes. Soon there will be happy feet now everywhere. Hey, let down your hair your body on the floor, let your body now move everywhere. And soon you- You just got to make your mind up, let your body move. Make hay if the sun don't shine You just got to make your mind up Let your body move And so you find Now you're right back there You're right back in the groove It's too hard to even move Makes it kind of hard to find my groove started with the tapping of those toes soon there would be happy feet now everywhere hey, yeah. let down your hair get your body on the floor let your body now move everywhere and soon
1: Lovely, David Carl Roberts, there with the perfect song for this hot, humid yeah, evening, right? We've
0: been setting some records lately, haven't we, down <laughs> south? Yeah, here, here, here in Vermont today, it's getting a little bit sweaty.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, you've recently released an EP. I did. Yes, tell us about that, and it was live recordings.
0: It was a live recording. I um, there's a. Favorite little place I play in Cabot, Vermont, called Harry's Hardware, which is a real-life hardware store right on Main Street. And uh, every Saturday evening, they do music in their front window. And uh, I decided one day last October to uh, just set up my recording gear when I was playing there. And um, I took some songs off that and released it in February. And that song right there, Too Hot to Even Move, is on that album.
1: Wow. So that's all self-produced then, just... Recording sound, playing live—that's yeah, impressive. Yeah, just
0: recorded live. You know, I think you know, we just happened to get a good, uh, good sound that night, and uh, I thought it was great, to, a great representation.
1: Yeah, amazing. So, did you plan in advance that you wanted that live sound for those songs?
0: Um, not really. I just uh, went through the list of the songs that uh, you know, listened to them all through, and the ones that I didn't mess up on, I was like, okay, I'll take those.
1: <laughs> I love it. I feel like one thing that I've always appreciated about live recordings. Is that you see like the you feel and see the ambiance of a room? Yeah, and the people. So
0: yeah, it's it it, it's fun. It's fun playing those types of rooms too because it's a real listening room. So it's a kind of place where I knew it wasn't going to be loud in the bar type area. So it was a good good place to do that.
1: Definitely. So self-production-wise, do you typically record your own music?
0: I do. I do uh, mostly a lot of self-production stuff. I've uh, I've also recorded other bands uh, for many, many years. I've been doing this for like 40 years, and I, I based a long time out of Portland, Maine, where I recorded a lot of bands and worked full-time in the music industry. I uh, worked in a guitar shop and uh, worked doing sound and things
1: like that. Nice. What is kind of like... Your preference between, do you really enjoy the production or do you enjoy I, I performing?
0: Like, I like production, but I love performing. I, lo- I love the process of songwriting. That's what I really love. That's, a, that's the thing that, that, uh, that gets me the most is I wake up in the morning and I go right to work trying to write songs.
1: Yeah, I love it. So let's talk about that. What's your songwriting process? How do songs come to you typically?
0: Um, it happens differently all the time because uh, I think there's no real rule for songs, but most of the time with me, it comes with the music first. I'm, I I kind of sleep with a guitar right in the bed, and uh, I wake up like at 3 in the morning, and I grab, and some chords come out, and then sometimes I'm reaching for the phone to try to type out those chords so in the morning I can try to remember them. But then I'll kind of hit a groove, and I'll just... Uh, Work on the arrangement of the chord structure until I get something I'm happy with. And then I kind of sing nonsense over it and, and get the melody. And uh, I do th- different things. Like I'll take a bunch of National Geographics and I'll just throw them on the floor and take words from the titles of uh, things until I get a sentence. Or I'll read a book and there might be like one line that really sticks out there, or something I, I hear that day walking down the street uh, sticks with me. And then I'll build a song right, right around that.
1: Wow, I love that. How long does it typically take you to write a song? Do you tend to well, revisit things or
0: There's no 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 uh, no easy answer for that <laughs> yeah. because uh, the the ones that come really quickly Um, are few and far between, so most of them get worked and reworked and reworked. And, uh, you know, there's like three or four songs I'm working on right now that uh, are weeks into the process where uh, I'll keep on changing the arrangements or uh, working on the chord structure, uh, you know, just trying to play with it a little bit until, you know, that right combination and that magic happens.
1: Right. So you said that you chose your songs for the EP kind of based on... I guess the quality or how you felt about some of the live yeah, recordings.
0: there's some favorites that I hadn't hadn't. There's a lot of stuff that I write that I haven't released, and so there was a, a big backlog of stuff, especially during pandemic, that uh, all the different songs that came out uh, that needed to need somewhere to go, and it was either you know go into a full-blown production, uh, uh, or do this live album, and the live album for me made sense because that's you know. it, it I think sometimes when I play live, you know, I I really kind of hit my stride uh, because when you're in a studio, you're kind of a lot of times locked to that click track and you're trying to build, uh, you know, a bunch of different instruments on top of each other live. I'm doing a solo thing. I can kind of just float on the songs and and use that kind of ambiance.
1: Yeah, do you feel that this particular EP kind of tells a certain story, like what was your vetting process for the vibes of the songs you chose?
0: I don't don't think so much as a story, as I just went through and the ones that uh, seemed to me that felt good are the ones that I chose, and there were a few songs, uh, the very first song on the album was a song called Hunter's Moon, and uh, that song uh, I knew I wanted to get a recording of because I hadn't, uh, I didn't really have one yet. And uh, so that one went on as the number one song on there.
1: Okay. And you said that you wrote a good amount of them during COVID?
0: Uh, Quite a few. I write write a lot of songs. So, um, you know, it's not uncommon for me to, you know, in parts of songs. I've got buckets of uh, papers with, you know, parts of songs on them. But uh, not uncommon for me to write somewhere between 20 and 50 songs a year or more, you know, or or parts of songs. But the ones that actually survive that process, though, and uh, come out to performance are a lot less, you know. It's like once I try songs out in front of people, I kind of get a feel of what's working and what's not working. And some songs uh, just don't work in the live live sense, but other ones, uh, you know, they go over well, and that's the ones that tend to survive.
1: Yeah, did you find that the pandemic helped with, you know, time-wise to kind of be creative, or did it kind of stifle those those efforts?
0: I don't know. I, did, I think uh, for me, um, the pandemic happened at a good time because I sustained a hand injury right, right as the pandemic was starting. So for me, it was a lot of recovery time at that point um, where I had kind of smashed a finger and uh, kind of ripped out my elbow and so that took me a while to kind of recover from that, which I needed it. And then when, when uh, you know, we started to come back and all the live streams started to happen, uh, you know, I was kind of back up and running. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of downtime. So there was a lot of time to work on work on music or, you know, it was, you're playing at the house by yourself. So it wasn't, uh, you know, a lot of reflection back from other people. But, uh, yeah, a lot of songs kind of came out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the right time to do it when you can, right? Right. <laughs> well, we'd love to hear another song, so go right ahead.
0: Well, I was just talking about Hunter's Moon, uh, which is first song on the Live at Harry's Hardware album. This is a song that uh, I was standing on my deck in the middle of the winter. Um, I've got this second-floor deck, and the, the moon was kind of shining down on Lamoille Valley. And I was uh, it was about 3 in the morning, and I was thinking you know what is it that the full moon does that keeps people awake and for me that night it was worry and so I just told myself I gotta quit my worrying
2: But I got a choice to make Keeps me up in the middle of the night Everything's at stake I'm gonna be here soon enough I got a choice to make
1: Hunter's Moon, David Carl Roberts. I loved that one. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, you're very welcome. So, in terms of, I know we covered that you recorded all of your music for the EP. Did you also mix and master the tracks as well?
0: Yeah, and it didn't really require that much mixing and master. I had to, you know, basically I took the tracks. Um, and I basically re EQ'd them, added some compression and some overall reverb and just kind of, you know, it was easy to do with it as a solo person. Uh, and then to master it, uh, there's a lot of services now that, uh, you know, you can do online mastering and stuff like that. So it was a pretty, pretty easy process.
1: Yeah, awesome. So I know that you've toured a good bit around New England area and performed, but what would you say in terms of We've spoken a bit about like Vermont spaces and the Vermont energy. How do you think that that kind of has influenced your sound?
0: Um, there's, a, there's great rooms everywhere. Um, I'm originally from Vermont. I was born and up in the Northeast Kingdom, but I grew up in the state of Maine. And uh, I spent uh, probably like 40 years in the state of Maine. I came back to Vermont about five years ago. And the one thing that um, here in Vermont, there's a, a pretty big acoustic scene and folk scene. Um, but there's a lot of different, uh, styles of music and different scenes all over the place. And I think with anything, with anybody who's playing is if you find out, you figure out what your scene is and you find those spots, then you can find places to play. And Vermont has a lot of places where I love to play, these little tiny rooms, uh, places like Harry's Hardware, the Whammy Bar and Callus, places like right here in Burlington, like the Venetian Soda Lounge, which are just really great uh, rooms, very accepting and very community oriented.
1: Definitely. So are you planning on still touring a bit around New England at this time, or are you focusing more on Vermont?
0: I, I still play quite quite a bit around New England. Um, I play a lot in Maine still. I do play a lot in Vermont, but I play in New Hampshire. Uh, this week uh, I'll be going down to uh, Pulteney at the Poultney Pub on Friday. Uh, next week I'll be at Halverson's on Wednesday for their Courtyard Music Series, uh, which is a benefit series which happens to be uh, benefiting Big Heavy World next week on August 2nd. Um, and uh, you can find me playing at uh, breweries or listening rooms or little spots all over the place.
1: Yeah, lovely. So you've opened for some... Pretty like big names as well.
0: I've had some opportunities uh, in 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 my life uh, when I was uh, living in Portland. Um, I had a lot of lot of chances to play in a lot of the bigger clubs, opening for a lot of different uh, you know old uh, super groups. Uh, you know, people like Fairport Convention or Hot Tuna. Dave Bromberg uh, did a, did shows with rock shows. I used to play the Boston rock scene quite a bit too with different bands, and so I kind of grew up in that whole. Um, I was kind of the acoustic punk of Portland for a while. I was the, uh, the Billy Bragg, you know. I was uh, the, the guy that uh, fit into the punk scene, but I was the long-haired kid with an acoustic guitar. And uh, I, I think, uh, I, you know, I worked my way, so I was working full-time in the industry, working at a nightclub, working at a guitar shop. And through those contacts, you know, I just met a lot of people.
1: There you go. Any particular bands or memories from some of those days that truly stick out?
0: Um, You know, it was just really fun to uh, do those shows with different bands. Uh, I did like a three-night tour with New Riders of the Purple Sage, and that was kind of fun hanging out with all those guys. Um, but it it was just great. Uh, you know, I was, I was the guy with the van with all the bumper stickers all over it, you know, full of a PA gear and we'd just take off and go play, you know, we'd find rooms and we'd set up shows. And I think that was the funnest part was just uh, traveling and playing.
1: Well, it sounds like you brought the, the true authentic Vermont vibes with all the bumper stickers. (laughs) So we would love to hear another song. What have you got for us?
0: I'm going to do a song that I, uh, every October, I try to write myself a tune that's kind of a spooky tune. And though a lot of times they turn out to be about vampires and things like that. uh, This past year, I uh, took the story of the devil and Daniel Webster, and I decided to put that to music. So the story of the devil and Daniel Webster, for those of you that don't know it, is a story about a farmer in New Hampshire who makes a deal with the devil to get everything he wants. And after he makes that deal, he kind of realizes maybe it isn't such a good deal.
2: the devil said to me, I got everything that you need. No need to philosophize, just keep looking in my eyes. You know now you want more, don't you want to know what's in store? Come on, boy, now let's make a deal. Get what you want, your soul, I steal. Now I do believe You can give me everything that I need But when the knock comes at my door Still say no, but you still want more Now the devil, he was mad There was a soul he wished he had You cross the river now, cross that line Saying you think there's better days in the by and by No, Mr. Scratch said I don't for sure, but I ain't setting foot on the other shore. I think the good times are in the here and now, and I'd rather hang out now at Rocket Shop anyhow. Cross that line saying You think it's yours But it's really mine So I got Mr. Webster I said, Daniel, can you please now come to my home? I think the good times are in the here and now. The devil thinks he owns my soul somehow. Midnight trial, cards are stacked. All that's good is under attack. But in the freshness of morning, the verdict came in. The devil got the boo, now Daniel did win. devil he was mine there's a soul he wished he had he crossed that river now tail tucked in and he never seen it cross corners again
1: Roberts, thank you for the story background on that one. I enjoyed knowing the background for Thank sure. you. It's an old traditional story. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of your upcoming projects, uh, what are you working on? What's in store for the future?
0: Well, you know, it's about time to start doing some more recording. So uh, as soon as I can find some time, in a nice quiet place. I've got a big barn that's uh, it got a, a nice loft that I work out of, um, but it's not always because I'm right beside Route 100. So uh, I have to wait for a lot of times in the middle of the night to do some recording. Um, but I'm going to get back to laying some tracks. And uh, I you know, I play a lot right now. It's summertime, so uh, it's a good time to be out there doing shows. Um, I do host the Venetian Soda Lounge Open Mic on Pine Street, which is every other Tuesday. Uh, we just did one last night, so it'll be in another two weeks. Um, and, uh, it's a lot of fun to, uh, go out and hit open mics sometimes too, no matter how much I'm gigging. And right now I probably do 10, 12 shows a month through the summertime, but, uh, then fall will happen and it'll probably chill out for a little while. And then of course, you know, the almighty winter comes.
1: <laughs> Any ideas for the upcoming concept of songs that you're working on to record? Are there like a few that you've been playing live at gigs and open mics and such that you feel like have been sticking that you haven't recorded yet?
0: Uh, yeah, there's, there's too many that I haven't recorded yet. And uh, trying to figure out, uh, you know, a compilation of what's going to all work together or, um, you know, sometimes hard to do. So uh, I think the main way I approach it usually is just start recording them and then whatever comes out good, I'll stick it all together or something. I'm kind of eclectic in, uh, in my songwriting. So it's hard to pigeonhole me as far as like sound goes, other than I'm a guy with an acoustic guitar and I play a little harmonica. But I do play other instruments. I play mandolin, I play national steel, and uh, I can bang around on pretty much anything uh, that comes from uh, working in a guitar shop for a long time. You Anything comes in, you got to figure it out, you know.
1: Yeah. So, in terms of your involvement with the Venetian soda, soda Lounge, how did you kind of get into that there, and how has it been sort of supporting the local music scene in the community in that way?
0: The uh, the songwriter open mic there, which happens on every other Tuesday, is uh, is such a great family of, of people. Um, and I've been involved in various open mic scenes uh, you know, back in Maine, and uh, and I hit a lot of them, so I know uh, the ones I like and the ones I you know don't like to go to. Um, And so uh, when I talked to Justin Bunnell, who is the owner of the Venetian Soda Lounge, uh, he was trying to do an open mic, but he really didn't have any concept of how to get it going. So I was like, let me come in, let me get some people. So um, I've got a lot of different friends in Burlington that play. And so I managed to lure a few of them down one night. And then the next week we went down again and we did it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time it was competing with some of the other bigger open mics that were around. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we decided to move the night to a night where there was no open mics. And uh, and kind of keep it to a listening room type of environment with uh, songwriters, acoustic players, uh, small solos and duos. And it's become a really great Tuesday night scene. Sometimes there'll be, you know, we'll have uh, 18 to 20 songwriters in there uh, performing, and there'll be like 60 people in there on a Tuesday night listening to music. And it's a, it's pretty cool to see it grow from November when we started to now, uh, where it's a very regular thing, very competitive to get on the list.
1: Yeah, amazing. So at the end of our shows here on Rocket Shop, we always give you the chance again just to remind listeners of your upcoming gigs and also where to find you on socials, your website, et cetera. So feel free to plug all of the good things right now.
0: Well, you can always... go to love loveshackrecords.com. That is kind of the clearinghouse for where you can find me. Um, and Love Shack is basically the, what I use as a, the recording studio, uh, Love Shack being the home. So, um, if you go there, you can find music. You can find usually a schedule of where I'm going to play. Also on Facebook and Instagram. If you go to David Carl Roberts Music, and that's Carl with a K, uh, you can usually find me through Facebook and Instagram. And uh, I do a lot of I do a lot of Facebook event posts, uh, and so you can find me. Usually, you can find where I'm playing someplace in the in the area. Uh, this week, once again, uh, doing. Rocket Shop tonight and then Friday I'll be going down to the Pulteney Pub down in Pulteney, Vermont which is down near the Rutland area and uh, this weekend uh, I'll be hanging out. I'll be hanging out in the rain probably with everybody else and uh, next week uh, Wednesday at Halverson's on Church Street in Burlington for the benefit for Big Heavy World uh, which hosts Rocket Shop right here so everybody come on down and uh, Wednesday night 6.30 to 9 o'clock We'll raise some money to uh, make sure that uh, Big Heavy World keeps going, and uh, and you know well, I can't remember where else I'm playing next week, but <laughs> I, I know it's someplace. Oh, I'm playing um, Lost Nation out in Morrisville on Wednesday next week, and uh, and uh, I'll be back in Portland I think the week after that.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you for sharing, and once again, thanks for supporting us here at Big Heavy World as well. But we would love to hear your last song of the evening, so go right ahead.
0: All right, this song here doesn't fit in with the season because it has to do with snow. This is called Like Driving on Snow, and this song came about because I was hanging out at uh, Foam Brewers uh, last winter, Maybe it was the winter before I was hanging out with Stephen Yardley, who's a young sound guy here in town. A lot of people know Steve. But we were talking about following your bliss because obviously during pandemic, a lot of the young people had a hard time kind of dealing with not having gigs for a while. But I've had to reinvent myself several times as far as bands or solo acts and I know there's uh, clubs closed down, you know, managers change, it's hard to keep a a career going sometimes because you run across those brick walls. And so we had a heart-to-heart talk about following your bliss and then right afterwards I drove home in a snowstorm and when I got home I wrote this.
2: When you're driving on snow It's a long road A hard road A high road A low road A tough road to hold Man, sometimes you know It takes a long time Before you feel like yourself But I'm here to be me And I fear it is taking A great deal longer Than I hope But I fear it is taking a great deal longer than I hoped. This twist and turns, and every time you learn. Something new about your soul, and no one wants to hurt. hurt. What is the word that I keep searching for? Man, sometimes it takes a long time before you feel like yourself. I'm here to be me, but I fear it is taking a good deal longer than I hope. To be me, but I fear it is taking a great day longer than I hope. Ooh. Will you grow into something you never could imagine? Looking back on your dreams. And every day is a new one. Nothing is ever really now quite what it seems. Man, sometimes you know it takes a long time before you feel like yourself. I'm here to be me, but I fear it is taking a great deal longer. It's taking a great deal longer, and I hope.
1: This has been Rocket Shop Radio Hour at Big Heavy World. David, thank you so much for coming in tonight. Thank you very
0: much, Abby. Thank you for having me down here. It's awesome to be back here again.
1: Yes, and thank you for everything you've been doing. And next week here on Rocket Shop, we're taking a brief hiatus. We're prepping for Art Hop, so you won't hear from us for a few weeks here in August, but we will be back soon with some new artists here on rocket shop but as for now i've been your host abby bk and we wish you a wonderful night thank you very much thank you Yes. Thank-